This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You've seen her fly, now watch her move to a brand new network. That's right, the CW has a new hero when Supergirl lands October 10th. It's the season two premiere of the show critics call Pure Blissful Fun. This season, the Man of Steel will finally be revealed as Supergirl's Melissa Benoist teams up with Tyler Hoechlin, the newest Superman in the DC Universe. It's a superhuman family reunion when these Kryptonian cousins join forces in the fight for justice. And if you're wondering if the next president will be a woman, have your answer because Linda Carter, the original Wonder Woman, guest stars as Supergirl's commander-in-chief. Even though Supergirl has her hands full fighting evil full-time, Cara Danvers is facing challenges of her own. She knows what it takes to be a hero, but Kara is trying to figure out how to fit in the human race while taking on a new job, new friends, and a new love who's out of this world. An evil corporate empire will rise that bears the name of an age-old nemesis, Luther. Supergirl and Superman come face-to-face with Lex Luthor's next of kin, Lillian and Lena. And as you might expect, the Luther family shares a passion for power that can only be satisfied by a different kind of green, kryptonite. Supergirl, all new episodes every Monday, now only on The CW. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Today we're going to talk about a very controversial movie, both in terms of what's on screen and what happened off screen. That's right, it's Birth of a Nation, so stay tuned as we discuss Anatomy of Movie. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk, we talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Anatomy of a Movie. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking Birth of a Nation, and today... Uh, we have someone very special here. It's a, it's not our usual crew. Um, but as promised, I did bring a representative from our sister network, Black Hollywood Live, because I felt it just it just fit right. Yeah. If I have to explain why, then you're then you're not, should not be here. <laughs> hey guys, I'm Joelle What's up? Welcome. Thank you. Um, so uh, this is this is Joelle's first time on Anatomy of a Movie. Um, so I'm excited to have her and. Uh, couple things first off if you're joining us for the very first time as a as a viewer know that obviously we're very spoiler filled so go and see the movie or if you don't care to have it spoiled well you've been warned fair enough secondly you can download our rundown in the description there's um the link you can download the rundown so you can see kind of where our notes are and you know things like that um that we pull from in today's discussion but as always overall thoughts starting with you Oh, gosh. Uh, this is maybe the most triggering movie I've ever seen in that I cried through all of it. I, like, had... <laughs> I saw it in Toronto at the film festival. I had to actively look for someone to hug afterwards. I was like, who, who other person was, like, wrecked by this movie? And um, as I was walking away, it dawned on me, like, I, I don't think I liked what I just saw. And I'm like, I don't like the women, and I'm not quite sure I liked how it was shot. And from there, it kind of uh, devolved for me. Um, and the more I started talking to other critics and the more I started talking to uh, people who just are fans of movies and went and saw it, I was like, there's just a lot of issues. And uh, it surprised me kind of the uh, elation coming out of Sundance. And then we saw the Rotten Tomato score just tumble after Tiff. Yeah. Well, 
you know, for me, um, I actually thought from a, from a filmmaking standpoint, um, it was good. Now, from a storytelling standpoint, I, I did have a problem with, you know, there, there's biopics, and we discussed it on an anime movie, like, what amount of weight do you hold in terms of how truthful they have to yeah. be to, to actual life? And I think with a movie like this, because of what he was going for, I felt he needed to be a little bit more truthful than he actually ended up being. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, especially with calling it, you know, I mean, it's it's no coincidence that it's called Birth of a Nation, obviously. Which is a genius title. It is. Um, you know, I, t- t- I have seen the original Birth of a Nation. Sure. Um, however, I've forgotten all of it. Uh, it's a forgettable film. It, it is so. important because of what it did at the time for filmmaking and epics. But, I mean, to watch it now, you're just kind of like, it's a lot of weird scenes kind of cut together with a lot of... Uh, moral ambiguity we'll go with uh yeah i i can remember certain scenes but only because they hit me in a very racist way where i was like wow that hurts my feelings as a black person i just remember uh, i i don't know if this is true or not so feel free to hate on me if it is in the comment section but uh that it's an anti-war movie and i'm like huh i don't i don't think i got that from that but okay from the original birth yeah. of a nation it's supposed to be anti-war? I don't know. That's, that's what someone told me. Now, whether or not they were joking wow. with me or actually serious, I'll never know to this day. And see, I always just thought, and, and maybe this is just the, my perception of the way it was handed down to me, is just, this is like a Ku Klux Klan-like, uh... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What's the word? Like Propaganda a, movie? Yeah, there we go. Yes, that exactly. Okay, see, completely different than yeah, what totally, I was talking. Totally other things. Like, look how great the white race is, and we're we're so you know good to people. Definitely not. We're terrible to people. <laughs> um, so yeah, obviously it borrowed its title, and and um, Nate Parker wanted to kind of re retake the the the, the title and, and have it mean something else, and and I can, I can respect that. I like it. Um, you know, and, and I, I'm kind of skipping ahead, but I just felt um, the whole idea of of Nat Turner, right? I, I'm not too familiar, but you know, the fact that he never needed um, sort of motivation um, mm. in terms of you know a love interest or females and things like that, like he just did it because it just was inherently wrong. Yeah, is a much better way, and I get it that it's harder. It's but. not harder, though. I, I don't like God King stories when they are based off of reality. I think that it cheapens the story of Nat Turner a lot to say, like, the opening shots of the film are him as a child kind of uh, being blessed by this priest who's like, you know, you're going to do great things for your people and you're going to be strong and all these other things, prophesizing about what he's going to do, which in and of itself didn't bother me so much. The fact that a community might look at a child and go, we see that you're special. We know that you're smart. You know, he taught himself to read so he's you know inherently smart that didn't bother me but then the fact like as you said that there's no um questioning ever along the way there, there's never any like, i'm trying to tell a person like there's not really a lot of obstacles in the film They're like he's a slave so obstacle i'm like that's his position in life that's not really an obstacle in his path but he, there's no struggle there's no moral ambiguity for him there's no failings even really it's just it's a straight line to the end and a, a quick march and it's kind of dull well, okay, it, it, in many ways, 
did it did it parallel too much of because obviously it's you know he the bible is sort of his guidebook right and did, mm. did it try to parallel too much of what jesus kind of did like in parker's own words that wasn't the goal but i think so absolutely i mean you have the like Christ child at the beginning prophesies to do a lot and then all the way straight to the end when you have the he's being killed by like an angry mob and then he sees an angel and it, it, even the whipping just the imagery there that, yeah you know that that was a crucifix right there yeah absolutely I I definitely think so and it makes it kind of again just weird and it, it feels less true like I mean we can't forget or and I definitely don't want to erase the fact like that this, the rebellion like killed children like adults children women didn't matter who like they were like this is enough we're exhausted like and i think that exploring what pushes a person to murder sleeping children is is valid and and reasonable to a uh, thing to explore mm-hmm. um and i think by excluding that by excluding uh women from the rebellion i think that it just does a lot of injustice to the the actual people who lived it so let me ask you, this, as a controlling idea for this entire movie, um, one of the things that you know I was kind of questioning, and uh, you know initially was okay, you know, and, and for right or wrong, this just kind of went through my mind of like, okay, the, the position that he's in, yes, he's a slave, mm. but he's not. His life isn't necessarily as terrible because ba- you know just based on the imagery that um, you know whether it's roots or 12 years a slave mm-hmm. he could be in a much harsher position and, and he, he uh, well this is actually one of the things I like about the film is that um, slavery varied greatly large plantations where you know one master and like a thousand slaves very rare and what you see on Turner's plantation is um, the fact that there's just a handful of them they're like family he grew up with his master their clothing is pretty similar you know, Mazar's a little bit better, but for the most part, they're all kind of out in the fields getting their hands dirty, um, just trying to make money. And the point of slavery wasn't to be mean or to be cruel. It was to make money. And along the way, people, power corrupted absolutely, and people became just horrible human beings. Um, and also, as we see in here with Army Hammer's character, corrupt themselves. Um, I like this idea that it's uh, – that slavery, no matter – how bad just terrible you know like he you know was able to go and preach he had you know was given kind of nicer clothes like he wasn't abandoned um he had connections but it was was still slavery it was still like the worst possible thing that can happen to a person i think the film if it portrayed one thing right it it did that well yeah and and that was the interesting part to me because then he started shifting of of realizing what the real position was on Mm -hmm. this and um and two you know as, as i thought about it um Remember when the, when the father initially dies, yeah. um, you know, what's left behind and, and tears the poor mother apart, um, Elizabeth Turner, where she says, like, uh, he thought it was best that you go back to working rather than uh, learning. And I forget, you know, maybe it's in my mind, but I just remember the camera kind of going to um, a young Sam Turner and, you know, him sort of, and I didn't realize it then at the time, but in hindsight, connecting with the father, mm-hmm. because eventually that's what obviously he became was mm-hmm. more like his father rather than a friend to uh to nat yeah i mean he in that moment kind of loses his way because i think the very next time we see him is when he's trying to like just get his sister out from under his table as he says he's like you know better that they go with her husband and i gotta get rid of my mom and um he's really trying to uphold his father's legacy we see his father has like a very strong hand and runs a tight ship um and the sweetness and boy that we saw at the beginning was never going to be able to measure up to that he doesn't have the ferocity that is kind of required to uh run a business period (laughs) like um 
And yeah, it gets consumed by by drink and tumbles down. That yeah, I mean it, it's it's you know in, in some ways it's it's sad, but it was just the pressures of the time, the the money. Because yeah, what I liked initially too, and again this is why it made it very tough to sort of question was, you know when when he when uh, Nat picks up the the doll for the kid and and, mm-hmm. and the other guy starts beating him and he says yeah. you get out of here. So he stands up for Nat, and, and you're like, oh, okay, wow, this is... And see, in my head, in that moment, at first I was like, oh, well, maybe this is like a, a kind gesture. But then, like, you're kind of beating his property for literally no reason. And and does it come from a place of ownership of, like, you cannot beat my slave. Like, I need him to be able to work and do things, and he hasn't done anything wrong. Or was it, this is my friend, and please don't hurt him? I wasn't quite sure. It seemed, I think it was maybe a little bit of both. I think a little bit of both, too. And that, that was the more, most surprising thing, too, of... Um you know, uh, when when initially, you know, the kind of, kind of inciting incident when um, the food is stolen, they, they, I forget his name, but they catch him and they're like, you know, where's your uh, where's your papers? Yeah, yeah, the, uh, Turner's dad is that you're talking from the beginning? Yeah, yeah. and um, and just no regard to like again that this is actually like forget that it's it's bad enough that you're doing this to to just a human being, but the fact that this is considered someone else's property and you just have no d- regard for a white person and you're just ready to shoot this guy like that in itself is already you know just just in their own um uh, rule set yeah. is messed up yeah that guy was uh, just uh trigger happy yeah. i can call him he was ready to kill anyone like it just are you just a foot off your plantation like i, I was just trying to get some stuff Nope, gonna rape you like he didn't really care about anything or anyone he was just happy to be top dog i think yeah, I, I agree there, and that. But as a white guy, that would make me very upset. Like you can't handle, you can't do that to what it, again, as shitty as it is to say. Like, what is my property technically? Like, yeah. get out of here. What gives you that right? Again, I mean, if you, I think when you own people, then your perception becomes so skewed that it it doesn't matter anymore. Like, and we see that throughout. Like, you know, even. Um, Ms. Turner, who wanted to teach Nat to read, was like, we're just going to give you the Bible because your poor brain can't take anything else. And, um, like, it, we just see constantly these things of, like, oh, there's clearly good with like, – they're human beings. They're they're multilayered. But slavery is a disease for everyone involved. It's not just hurting the enslaved, um, though they do bear the brunt. Uh, it, it's, it's, it will corrupt you. You can't own people. Yeah, you can't. Um, speaking of which, one of the more uh, one of the more scary parts to me was, I, and I don't know if this is like what they intended to do, but like when they're going back and forth, the Reverend and uh, Nat, uh, and just reciting Bible verses. Oh yes, as 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 digs against each other. I was like, wait, does no one stop and think like, wow, we're using the same material against each other? I was unaware if the film was aware of what was happening at this point. Just did. Because I, I guess because I couldn't understand it. Are you? Because it, it is a faith based film. That's from uh, Nate, uh, Parker says this is a uh, uh, a faith based film. And the idea then that you would use the Bible and show like, oh, this can be used for evil or good. And basically, it's a if you step back and, and don't put your own faith or thoughts into it, like this book means literally nothing. All of the words can just be used however you want. It kind of throws its end point off of like Nat was in the right and was really doing a thing to liberate and move his people forward. Um, by by having this massive scene in the middle where the Bible could literally be a weapon for anyone who wanted to use it. Um, 
and it doesn't seem to ever then redeem itself. Like the Bible then never comes back in. It's like, oh, it's like a peaceful or, or a good thing. It just mm-hmm. always remains this available to anyone to use however you want. And it made, I think, for me, the movie's whole point vague. Yeah, that, that's where it definitely started to lose itself for me. Uh, because I, I agree. I mean, you know, Jesus, whatever, you know, the, the whole idea, regardless of what you think, is meant as a peaceful you know, Messiah. He's not supposed to be leading rebellions with violence. Um, and so that that part of it, uh, you know, I was very because I'm like, you misinterpreted something, just as much as they did. Or or they got something really right and uh, but weren't aware of it. You know what I mean? Like the it's the the ending shot with not the final one, but the right before the end with the angel coming down, which it's just it looks terrible. Um, I hate when things get literal in that regard. It just looks bad. Like, it looks like a high school stage play. Like, the angel is, is I don't know if it was her movements necessarily or the the light. Mm-hmm. Just It didn't feel heavenly to me. It felt like a person hoisted in the air. She looked a little uncomfortable. And then even Parker's kind of ascension in that scene is he's, like, looking up and crying and you get this feeling of movement from him. Like, it's all just weird and tacky and took me very much out of the movie even though again i was i was kind of with it it just i don't i wish they had not ended it this way it it seemed to me to again take out the history aspect of it and put so much religion in that it it takes me like just as like a citizen as somebody who wanted to know the history of this it just takes me right out yeah I, i didn't like his ending line i thought i thought for sure he would say something more powerful to his, you know, to his followers, to the people. I mean, what else is there to say, though, at this point? I, I, I like just that says, I'm ready. That's all there is. Like, I'm, I'm ready to die now. Like, I've I've done all that I could do. I've I've fought. I tried to take up arms. I hid. Like, I tried to run away. Like, there's no, there's nothing else know. to say or do. There is no uplifting speech to give. I don't, I don't think, think it has to be, no, but like, uh, like, be well, my children, or so. I don't know. Like, if we're going to go with the, the whole christ-like notion i i felt just give me something yeah again i think that the i really feel like nate parker didn't didn't intend to make nat turner a jesus-like figure i think he meant to make him a man who was following the word of god and it got bogged down as first-time directors do got bogged down too much in itself and couldn't separate the two mm-hmm. and that merger just it really ruins the film for me. Like, Nat Turner was a person. He was a human being doing his best in, like, the worst possible situation. And to have him, you know, again, just no no question, no no concern ever. Like, can we – the ham-fisted love story, like, it all just felt so Hollywood and polished and, and well, silly here's, to me. Here's why I wouldn't have minded the love story, but then she doesn't really – you know what I mean? She's just she's like, not a person. Yeah, yeah. None of the women in this film, except maybe uh, uh, Mrs. Turner, uh, the slave master's <laughs> wife, Elizabeth Turner. Yes, Elizabeth. Except for Elizabeth, who's weird. I feel like both Army Hammer and then the Elizabeth Turner character are the only fully rounded human beings throughout mm-hmm. the film. Like they have full arcs. I don't feel really sympathy for either one of them, but at least they were full people. Whereas Aja Naomi King, who is, like, everything to me. She's so talented and, and just wonderful, like, human being, uh, is kind of wasted in this film. Uh, she is a tentpole to hold Nat Turner up instead of, like, 
you know, especially after her rape, like she has this moment where she's like, you don't have to go after him. Like, I don't want any of that. You're just doing it out of anger. And then like five, ten minutes later, we come back and she's like, oh, well, if you're going to do it for God, then yeah, you definitely got to go out there and do it. And I'm like, I just can't imagine. And then his mom is like, I'm so proud of you. Like, yes, leave this rebellion. I don't doubt that Turner's family was, you know, like, let's all get out of this. Maybe we have a chance as a last ditch effort. And we're probably very proud of him. I also don't doubt that there was some hesitation, some questioning, some, are you sure? Mm-hmm. Who's your right-hand man? What is your plan? What are you doing? Like, women will ask questions, a lot of questions, before we just go I marching into war. I mean, here's the thing. The, the, the last, you know, what I disliked about it, because as kind of uh, he's hung and whatnot, I'm like, okay, well, what did we accomplish here? And then eventually, you know, we get the um, the Civil War imagery of, okay, now now this is kind of what it's led to. Yeah. But that's a huge leap to sort of make under the context of what's been shown. Well, they take the Judas character, which is the little boy who at first is like, yeah, I want to fight. And he's really excited to partake in and be a part of it. And then he gets scared when he sees someone get their brains beat out, which, yeah, okay, you're like maybe 14. I see this. And he portrays uh, Nat and turns him over. And then I'm, I interpreted it as that's we're seeing him mm-hmm. fight in the war. And then the legacy is it doesn't matter – what you've done, it doesn't matter the the trouble that you've caused. Um, you can do better in the future. And, like, now is your chance. And what I like about the ceiling of the title is that I felt like the original Birth of a Nation is a letter to white people. Like, look at your great country that you've created. You've done so well and for yourselves. Um, this is a letter to the black community of, like, look, times are tough. You can do it. You can do more. You can take a stand. Um, you don't have to take it lying down. And if whoever you were yesterday, you can move on and be better. Um I got it. I didn't. I mean, I I, I got it, and that, but it, it still was a far stretch for me. And um, you know, I I just couldn't help but think in that moment of like, what did we end up actually accomplishing? Because going back to your earlier point of like the women, like women would ask, like, hey, what's your game plan? Mm. You know, I mean, if to me, and again, it becomes tougher because there's the history side of it, but. You know the fact that it was presented as a movie, and and and, and uh, there's so many historical accuracies. I'm more prone to what happened in the movie, so I'm like, sure. You know, why don't you come up with a strategy and like let a slow rebellion build and kind of really work well, that on just something. goes into the pacing of the film again with the God King stories. You're focused so much on the person as opposed to the event, which I think in this part like is more important since we don't have that many details about Nat Turner. Like we know we live, we have little bits here and there, but the daily life isn't concrete for us. And I don't understand why we spent so much time with him preaching. So much time with him, like, reaching out to people and then being, like, disillusioned. And the disillusionment is probably the best scene. The scene on the porch where that camera is just swaying and he just saw the guy get his teeth knocked out. And you, I felt most uh, connected to Turner at this point. But from there, it's just... I I just don't understand why we didn't get into the rebellion sooner. I don't understand why we couldn't see that it's 48 hours. So much I'm in well documented because a whole bunch of white people died. Like we can fully, we can clearly see step by step what happened. You know, 60 uh, plantation owners overall, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, I think we only got like four actual snippets. Mm Mm-hmm. And they weren't that satisfying of death. And I don't mean to say that as like we should take joy in death. I just mean that it didn't feel like accomplishing anything it didn't feel um like i i feel like we should have felt a sense of relief particularly that scene where they're outside talking about like what time is it 
you know, and it's 5 a.m. And what would you have been doing by now? And they're talking about their workday, which is a well-written scene. But I feel like the buildup to it, the like the the pain and exhaustion and the struggle to just do those initial kills is just not there mm-hmm. for me. I, I felt in that more so than that. I just felt like in that scene of like, okay, but what are you doing now? Like, what's your future? And see, the thing is, I'm I'm okay with them not having a full plan of like what to do. It hits me weird. It hits me because like, okay, I, I don't want to compare slave narratives, but I have to for a moment. In underground, like you get this sense of people fleeing, and and it's chaos. It's like I just have to be anywhere than here. Mm-hmm. But they don't seem to be going anywhere. That's what I'm saying. At least, yeah, like, that's a game plan. Just, it's not the just best a little game bit, plan, even it's, just it's like just run north, like just get out of there. Even like we got to get to the next house. Even like I wanted to see again. It just bugs me if you're going to take so many uh, uh, liberties with history, which they've done. Can we please include women? Like, I just don't understand why, like, even if you don't believe that they were on the front lines marching, which I don't believe for one second, no woman picked up an axe and was like, I'm done with this BS. Um, But keeping kids quiet, you know what I mean? Like, other white people coming to knock on the door to be like, hey, what's good today? Like, we had plans. Like, were they covering for people? Like, there's a whole bunch of intricacies in in the rebellion aspect and that are would have been more humanizing than, you know poor Gabrielle Union I I really feel like she wanted to make a statement with this film and I like the concept of the statement but just so poorly executed not her fault obviously she did great um but but to be a secondary rape and then to never hear from that character and to not know her life story and to not be connected to her in any way and to not be in the room when it happened and then to have her not seek any justice for it it becomes irrelevant to the story well, let me ask you this. So, you know, I mean, clearly this was a passion project of his. I mean, oh, it's yeah. been in development since 2009, uh, so much so that he, you know, he put his own money down. He found investors. Like, he was... He, he was fasted th- for this film. Like, he went on a spiritual journey of his own. And whatever you think of Nate Parker, like, the, the tenacity to get this done, just to complete it, it's kind of awe-inspiring. Like, no one thought this was going to get done. And he went to every, like, let's just be frank, black Hollywood person and like, hey... I'm making this movie. NBA a, stars. And I mean, before NBA stars, though, like he, I'm talking like, we don't have a list of names, but we can imagine the Oprah's, the like Eddie Murphy's, like top, top bills of like, help me fund this movie. That's part of our history. I think it's important. And just door after door, just shut in his face. Like it took him so many years. And then, so then he, according to Parker, he talked to his grandmother and she was like, well, fast. Like if, you, if this is a religious movie and you're a religious man, fast and the answers will come to you and through fasting and through years of just dedication like he was able to bring it to the screen and from that respect i i can appreciate what he was trying to do i can also understand like if this is your childhood hero or not childhood he found him in college but if this is your hero i understand where the god king narrative comes from but these are mistakes of a first director and i think what concerns me about the film is how much hope was pinned on it i know we have oscar so white i know we have a lot of people wanting to see more diverse things on screen i'm certainly one of those people um but we can't not critique a film we can't just be like i'm so excited because black people yay like there's something to be said for art and this film i'm surprised i'm I'm surprised that fox searchlight not having a 
greater role than maybe is I don't know white guilt or whatever. They're like we can't give notes to a black film. I don't know if that's like they're the well. The film is already in the can. It's made and it was made so but cheaply. It, I don't know how much. But it was it was in, but between Sundance and here, there's yeah. still the ability to edit it, tweak it. Like you can make a whole different mood. Just but why alone. would you? Okay, but and to your point, like it had like. A huge standing ovation at Sundance, and even when it screened at TIFF, the the night it premiered, it had a six minute standing ovation. I just don't think they felt the need to tweak it, and I really don't think that if uh, if the scandal hadn't broke, uh, I'm I'm not sure that they would have had. I think they would have just sat back and chilled them and like this is great, we we got it in the bucket. Um, so is it a matter of, I, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. Is it more, you know, once you kind of see it, you're in the moment of, like, cheering, but then once you really sit down and think about it, it's like, whoa. I think it is a hunger for stories like this. Um, I certainly hope somebody else picks up this story in, like, 10 years and tries to do it better because the story is important and it's, oh, my God, it's so, like, rich with, like, drama and it, it's good stuff. Like, it's just good material there. Um and I think that people are just, you know, and it's so emotional, like the emotional journey, though, not dramatic. I mean, and tell me how you felt about it. Like, I, I was literally crying from like me, like, right. Oh, my gosh. Was it when the girl had the leash on? No, because Turner was a little bit older than by then. I think it was maybe when it was struck as a kid mm-hmm. when that guy walks in it just slaps him across the face. And they do a really great job of kicking it back to his grandmother and not being able to react when someone puts their hands on your child must be infuriating. And from that moment, I was just, I was so enwrapped in the emotions of it. But again, when you step outside of the emotions and look at it critically, you're like, yeah, it's just not that great of a movie. Yeah, I I did, I did have a lot of emotion for it, Um, you know, and I thought the strongest relationship to me, believe it or not, was uh, Elizabeth Turner and and him. Mm Mm-hmm. Because especially when, uh, you know, kind of what really gets the rebellion for me going, uh, you know, obviously it's the rape and things like that. But 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 even the uh, the baptizing, right? Of, of, of oh, the- my gosh, yes. And see, and that's why, again, do, do you kind of wish that the baptizing had been the catalyst? You know, in a way, because because I thought it would um, because it was such a powerful thing. And, and she looks at and you know, and he says, like, hey, how can a man stand between, you know, uh, between God and, and his people? And she looked, and she had no answer, and then we cut away, and we see him doing it. So, and she got it in that moment of, like, I've taught this, you know, like, I've taught him well, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I 100% agree. And I feel like this, the idea of, I wanted to help this man be relieved of his pains and his and his sins, um, and then to have a community hate you for it. Be like, how dare you baptize a white guy? Like, this is religion, like, and it's a religion that you're trying to train people with. And I think that as a catalyst, like, when if in your soul you believe and you're struggling with the passages of, you know, slaves are beholden to their masters and they do their will, then to then have them turn around and be like, but you sinned here. When your book says clearly this you're fully within your rights, I think that's a much better catalyst for revolt for being like, this is complete bull. Like, there's no right that I can do to make good with you guys. There's nothing I can do to be a person in your eyes. I like that idea of revolt as opposed to these off-camera rapes that, and, and I'm glad they were off-camera, but I just, they, they, I just don't want rape to be a catalyst anymore. I don't want rape to be the thing that is ignites men and, and leads them to charge um, when it happens to women. And then they're like, you just be quiet in the background now, though. 
Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And, and I thought, you know, because he opens up that scene by saying, like, all men are sinners. Because mm-hmm. he throws the, I, that, the way I take it, he's throwing that in her face. Because it's, you know, it's not just, uh, you know, a, a black thing. It's it's your people. That's what he's yeah. saying. It's your people. They're mm-hmm. sinners, too. And they're they're even worse. I mean, yeah, from his perspective, certainly. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, th- I thought that was, you know, I thought that was the right scene to kind of go with, and it just it just didn't quite click. Mm-mm. No, no, like but- a lot of moments in here. There's a lot of, like, really good moments. I like the moment where uh, he gives, where Turner gives Cherry flowers, and it's the first, like, pop of color we've seen throughout the entire film. You talk about in the carriage? Yeah. yeah. And it's, like, it's a, mo- like, it's a really kind of warm moment, and then even, like, the first time they make love is, like, really beautiful, where it's just the two of them, like, staring each other's eyes and you have the candlelight and it's like a lovely little moment but then after maybe, maybe it's me but you know for him to like ask her to marry him just basically on the first or second date however you want to count i was like I, I, let, let me try to do that in today's the marriage society. proposal is see where i was going to go in with it where it falls off for me because it's creepy if you're unable like me um and i'm not sure if it's a flaw or not i've been thinking about it a lot i haven't made an opinion i'm unable to separate artists from art Mm-hmm. I just can't. Like, it, one informs the other, so they're linked. Um, and to see Parker emerge from the dark and the mist as Terry is frantically like, who's there? And she's terrified. And then it's Parker. My instant reaction is an, oh, thank God. It's, oh, my God, run away. Mm-hmm. It it really, it, it's creepy. It doesn't feel romantic. It feels very predatory. And it also has this very macho aesthetic that, again, it, it's for a film that was independently financed that could have done a lot of things differently it sucks so close to the hollywood narrative and i didn't really understand yeah, why well, and it, 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 that that whole thing I, I felt like it would play such a greater part because it's basically the focus of the first 30 let's say 30 minutes i'm mm-hmm. not sure exactly what yeah it is. yeah but roughly about that and then we drop it oh like, yeah what? What, what happened to her because the only reason she's there is to give him motivation to start a rebellion but you don't need it because Symbolism wise, but she's not Mary, she, uh, Mary. What's her Mary Jane from Spider Man, right? Where, yeah, like, like she's not saying like go get him, Tiger. She's just yeah. That's what I'm saying though. Is like her her whole. It, she was just there to be raped, and that's the problem I have with both women in the thing is that they're not there to be people or to help further tell the story. They're there to have tragic events happen to them so that Nat Turner feels the need to act, but you been enslaved you've been told to uh preach a religion to people who this isn't going to help them and it actually further degrades them and then you try your best to help uplift you know a white person which you know i can't imagine too many slaves would be excited to baptize a white person and absolve them of their sins you know but he was excited to do it and, and passionate about it and he felt it was something he had to do it was called to do it and then it was turned against him I really feel like that's enough catalyst. It, it's more than enough. I, I agree with you. Um, let me ask you this. Like, it, one of the things I will applaud, whether successful or not, is that it, for me it did try to do something different in terms of the slave narrative. I, in terms of how I understand you know, like 12 sure. Years a Slave to me kind of – you know, we, we've seen those ty- – at least for me we've seen those types of stories. And so I, this was something kind of different. Did it, it succeed? Nah. Well, okay. Yeah, oh, yes. Okay. So it did not succeed. It, it tried to make a film about uh, enslaved people fighting for their own rights, particularly black American slaves 
liberating themselves, which often we had to do. We still don't have a Harriet Tubman movie for reasons I don't understand. Um, the, that narrative is one that needs to be told. It's it's factual and it's part of our history, and I, I want to see it. But it gives a lot of kudos to white people, uh, specifically just just the two. I mean, Mary and then or Elizabeth, and then um, even Army Hammer's character, Sam. Sam, like. Like, I don't, I don't, I didn't feel like any, again, it, because, again, just because it was the God King narrative, you don't feel like he's doing this for his people. It, it feels like it was predestined to happen. And it doesn't feel really like a struggle ever. You know what I mean? Everything, even, even the eclipse, I'm like, oh, God, okay, it's the sign. And that really happened. And I, I like that aspect of the story. It makes it feel like majestic like beyond reality but because we already had that beyond reality feeling we didn't get that moment you mm-hmm. know what i mean we already feel like he's been touched by a divine being so when the thing comes it's just like oh okay it's another thing that's happening i'm so disappointed with this movie it's hard for me to articulately talk about it i'm really trying to be well, I, I think you're articulate enough about I, I, think, <laughs> I think you're articulating enough yeah i mean you know i i, I wanted something more and, and that's the problem i mean it may, for better or worse because there are so few movies uh, of this type, um, you know, you, you try to hold them to a very high standard. And again, maybe that's unfair. Like if we were talking about, I don't know, Fast and the Furious, we'd be like, oh, yeah, this is the first time director doing something other than a slave narrative that was really. Tra- but then again, if you take on challenges like this, you got to be prepared. I think to, for all of the backlash that's going to come with it if it isn't executed perfectly. Um, I'd be interested to see, like, you know, part of it uh, when you're a first time director. You got to have some mentors along the way, and you got to be willing to listen. Mm-hmm. You know, because part of part of being a first time director is knowing that uh, you know you have a lot to learn. Well, speaking strictly from a promotional point, um, an article was released yesterday, and I really wish I could remember who released it. Um, but they said that Oprah gave uh, Nate Parker some advice and was like, "Look, here's some ways you can continue to promote this movie and talk about rape." Uh, Oprah is a survivor herself. And apparently he was just like, no, I'm good. I know that Fox Searchlight spent crazy dollars to be like, look, we still you have the first four title cards. You mm-hmm. have to go out there and be the face of this movie. Um, we can only ask, uh, um, I want to call her Mary Jane, but that is not her name, Gabrielle Union to do so much. Um, and he just he fell off the wagon, like that 60 Minutes thing. Like he was doing so good, like, like throughout TIFF. Post Tiff, they they did a really good job. They flew up a bunch of um, southern radio stations, so it was mostly black people in the room when they were talking about the film. They got the spiritualities, like check. They were like women, check. We got it. Uh, Parker is uh, he's apologetic. He's kind of remorseful, but he also wants to move on. It was it really set the right tone. But when sixty minutes came, and I understand you put so much of yourself into this film, if you feel you are innocent and you're constantly being barraged by like. You did you do it? Are you sorry? Blah blah blah. Um, I totally understand why he might have broken at this moment, but it was exactly the wrong time to break. Like he broke away from the program they had laid out for him, and it was really unfortunate. So uh, the, the exact quote you're, you're talking about—the apology quote that he gave—yeah, where it basically says, uh, "I didn't do it." Therefore, paraphrasing, "I didn't do it." Therefore, I'm not sorry. Yeah, I don't have anything to be sorry for. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's one of those. Here's the thing: I don't mind that mentality, but it could, he could say like, "Hey, listen, uh, it, it's I didn't do anything, so therefore, like, I honestly can't, I can't feel any guilt over it." 
but I do think this is a major issue. And if nothing else, uh, at the very least, the good that has come out of it, we're talking about it, despite my um, As a human being, I understand this conversation. As a filmmaker and somebody who has to deal with the public, I think you got to get a better statement. And it's cold, and I understand people feel they want the truth from people, but I think what they want more is the right words. Um, A woman died behind this, and whether he, again, feels directly responsible or not, like... Whatever happened that night, like, led her to believe, like, she shouldn't stay here anymore. Um, And if you can't show some kind of – I don't even want to say remorse, but at least some sympathy to that fact. And he said things about her family, and he's like, I'm just trying to leave it alone. It's a tough situation to be in. I do not envy him this incredibly difficult uh, path he has to navigate. Um, But when you have – Literally, the power of Fox Searchlight, which is like the indie crown maker. Like, yeah, Fox, they're very big. Yeah, they they don't produce their own films. They go out, find great films, and then crown kings. And they're and like, this, this like is an amazing movie. That, this was a big, big buy. Seventeen and a half million dollars. That's huge. And and Netflix offered more. Yeah. Um, I and, and it kind of is unfortunate that it was purchased for so much because again, if it hadn't been purchased so, for so much, would it be such a scandal? Like it was Sundance's biggest sell ever. Um. <laughs> But the film was made for 10? 10. Yeah. And so a week out, it's already made $9 million. It's almost made its money back. It's got another million to go. It'll definitely make that by DVD sales. Um, this but it needed, to, it, made, it needed to make a little bit. You know, it could have made a lot more. Yes, but I'm saying even if if Searchlight hadn't spent so much, I don't. The story has been out for a while. It's been circulating. Um, it was the cell made it big. Um, the content of the film made that moment big, and he p- was prepared a little bit for it. He he knew that you know when you're the face of it, you've got to be prepared. Uh, but I don't think it helps that Gabrielle Union she had her own thoughts on it. You know what I mean? It, it's one of those things, and I don't blame her. But it's 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 it becomes that much more difficult when the people that are supposed to be on your side kind of say something. I almost feel like Union saved it. I don't know if I would have seen this movie if Gabrielle Union hadn't come out and said what she said. Well, the quote I have, and let me know if you have a different one, mm-hmm. she, uh, I have, as important and groundbreaking as the as this film is, I cannot take these allegations lightly. On that night, 17-odd years ago, did Nate have his date's consent? It's very possible he thought he did. Yet, by his own admission, he did not have verbal affirmation. And even if she said never said no, silence certainly does not equal yes. Although it's often difficult to read and understand body language, the fact that some individuals interpret the absence of no as a yes is problematic, at least criminal at worst. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, those are uh, – this is her statement that she released after the movie came out. Um, Gabrielle Union has been vocal about being a survivor of rape for decades, like for a long time. And she um, – I was in the room at TIFF when she was talking about it, and um, Gabrielle Union could be a preacher if she wanted to. She – inspires and moves so like with her own words so well um and she she talked about like look i hate talking about sexual assault i hate it she's like every time it makes me want to vomit it makes me physically ill and yet i cannot ever be silent about it and as a woman and being unsure of where these things stand and as i said earlier i'm not very it's not easy for me to separate artists from art to hear her say look you don't have to support the film but i still think it's a film worth seeing I still think that this is an important film. Hearing her say that I made this film to make a statement about sexual assault in the first place, to me, it, it the women in this film, Asha Naomi King speaks about um, 
when she's on being sold and how she had to separate 2016 herself and understand that this was a position this woman knew she was going to be in. And how do you survive a moment that, you know, you just have to get through so you can get to the next part of your day. Um, hearing them tell those stories is what initially made me interested. Um, I don't, I don't know if it hurt them at all. Like people were already saying, I'm not going to see it because of this or I'm not, I don't, I don't know if uh, Gabrielle Union's statement hurt the film at all. I mean, it, for me, it depends on the way you interpret it. Yeah, I mean, it's what, what's tough is we'll never know. You yeah, know what I mean, because it's out there, mm-hmm. you can only speculate: did it hurt it or did it not? But mm-hmm. the answer it, it's always going to be unclear. Do you think the comparisons to Roman Polanski and uh, Woody are fair or accurate? Um, people are going to make just the same way people are going to compare this movie to Twelve Years a Slave. Just yeah, because it, it's just. Is it right? Yeah, I mean, you can draw certain comparisons, but at the same time, you don't have to. Is it is it a must that you do? Um, I think I think what I don't know. It's tough. Like what those guys did is is very different than what Nate. Uh, I mean, was. to me, all of the acts would be the same. I can't. I mean, if any of them did what, uh, and when we well, you know, Roman did what he did. Um, but if Woody or uh, Nate committed the crimes. Uh, crimes are equal to me, but time periods are different and length of careers are different. And I think it's unfair to say, uh, for, I guess I just got to be more specific. People are saying that, um, people are boycotting this film and dragging Nate Parker simply because he's black. And that, uh, if this were a white director, we'd give him a lot more passes. Now, I maybe, think it, I, I think that's wrong. And I think it's more of the time. I think people are realizing it's a, I, I don't, you know, it's an not, issue at the forefront. It's it's um it's seems a lot easier to be acquitted of these types of charges. Yeah. And now I I'm not saying that those people that have been acquitted uh, aren't you know what I mean, but but it just seems to be going in that direction. Well, we're just talking about our judicial system. Like people it it's hard to convict for rape. It it just yeah. it is. Like we have rape kits that are untested. We uh uh, if you don't come forward soon enough, there's all the questions against the victim. Um, if you don't have the DNA, people question. If you're a good athlete, people are like, well, we can't ruin that kid's life, despite whose life he's ruined. Um, it, it is hard to be charged and convicted um, of this crime. But my point is, like, look, if Woody Allen uh, had made a film today, his very first film was a young guy in his 30s, and a woman killed herself behind his rape then I don't know if we would support him simply because he was white. And I think that if this was Parker's eighth film and he'd been making films for the past 30 years, we would have different, and this news was just coming to light. I think people who already had emotional, like who's, if his films had emotional impact on people already, I think that's what keeps people around. It's what keeps people from going to Woody Allen movies. They're like, I remember the first time I saw Manhattan and it gives me, every time I see a Woody film, I get that feeling and that expectation of of film and so they're able to yeah, disassociate I, I, the crime and or I, the I, crime. I, I think too you have to you know um i mean here's the thing if we lived in a social media age around that time mm-hmm. uh i think things you know now it's it's a lot more difficult to keep things private absolutely you know and i think i think you know uh unfortunately we're gonna we're gonna have uh, the line between artist and art is going to be even more blurred because of that fact absolutely. because we're going to be much more in the know of Oh well, this is this person's actual life. Therefore, if he's making this type of movie, what's he really trying to say? Yeah, yeah, and there's a lot of that in here as well. Yeah. So, 
Um, absolutely. Well, uh, in terms of uh, reception, as, as you kind of mentioned earlier, uh, it's declined. It's got 78% on Rotten Tomatoes out of almost 150 reviews. Uh, the site reads, The Birth of a Nation overpowers its narrative flaws and uneven execution through sheer conviction, uh, rising on Nate Parker's assured direction and the strength of its vital message. Um, cinema score is an A. That's a huge cinema score. It's an A? A. Man, it's all over the place. Uh, I mean, look, if you're going to go see it as a, an emotional experience, like if, if I was just going to look at it through the emotional experience I had in the first viewing, I'd probably give it an A. Like it, it's even all the right triggers. It hits all of the kind of slave narrative moments, the the moments of rebellion, the quick, um, the kind of work here and there. Um, not so much the husband getting revenge, Coleman Domingo's character, uh, but the like the siege on the barn trying to collect all the guns. I thought that was a really well executed scene. Um, but yeah, I think when you step back and look at it just from an artistic perspective, just from a writing perspective, like, I mean, kudos to my favorite part might have been the editing. I think most successful thing, those uh, quick snaps they did out of these kind of uh, just as you're starting to feel warmth and happiness between people, you snap into another place where you're like, nope, you're still enslaved. You're still owned. You're still um, have been beaten down or will watch other people be beaten down. I thought really, really well done. Um, but overall, yeah, I think once people had a chance to really think about it after Sundance, they're like, yeah, not so great. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And um, so it is what it is. Uh, so we'll see. I, 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 I don't know. I, I, in terms of Oscars, I, I, I'm not sure how it's going to oh build boy. up. But we're already in mid-October. I, I'm not seeing a lot of movies for Oscars as yeah. of late. So it's, it's kind of a, like last year for me, there was a lot of movies. I'm like, oh, this should be included. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like, What's, what are we going to pick here? The... Um... Okay, so I know that uh, um, <laughs> La La Land hasn't come out yet. That's got so many of my nominations. I'm like, if they just wanted to give an Oscars, like all the Oscars to La La Land, even though it's like the whitest movie, I would be totally fine with it. It's the most uplifting movie I've seen maybe ever. Um, and then uh, I hear Fences and La La Land will go head to head for best female performance with Viola Davis and Fences and then... Uh, Adore Stone, Emma Stone, uh, for La La Land. But yeah, other. I mean, Moonlight is coming out soon. I have high. I mean, I really hope Moonlight replaces what people were hoping for Birth of a Nation, mm-hmm. which is look, we want films for us by us that can reach a broader audience that are well made. Like it's that's pretty much what the Oscar So White hashtag was about. Was like let people tell their own stories and and hopefully they're made well. Support them. Um, so support Moonlight when it comes out because it's the most beautiful haunting film you have these amazing three-dimensional women who are endlessly flawed but trying so hard and and it's just wonderful i will say i mean last year i was upset i because to me it wasn't even like oscar so white it was just more of like good films got snubbed and i think this year um you know you you take something like a ghostbusters you take something like this what i what what i don't know from at least my perspective what i can appreciate is that sort of stigma's gone a little bit way and we could just be like okay this was a good movie or it was a bad movie and we don't have to be like oh well ghost i have to like ghostbusters in order to be a feminist or blah blah i hope you never feel that you have to watch or enjoy something that you've watched um i think critical analysis is is super important but i also think that 
mediocre films that are diverse are just as important. And then we get a lot of films that are just average and they're white, and so we let them slide by. And then you know, and oh, I've been I don't very let them slide by. I'm like, that's a crappy <laughs> Not movie. Not you, but people in general. Um, and I know I've been really hard on Birth of a Nation um, because I feel I have to be. If you're gonna come out the gate claiming to be high art, like mm-hmm. I'm gonna look at you that way. But mediocre, just average films that are stories that are diverse, I think, are important and valid. Fair enough. Um, is that your final thought? As um, we wrap this up? Final thought. Even if you've read every review and you're sure you won't like this movie, I'd still say it's worth your time seeing. Despite giving it, I think I gave it a 50% in my review online. Um, it It is worth seeing and joining the Zeitgeist conversation, like having the discussion. If you know nothing about the story of Nat Turner, I was told the story orally, and most people I know who got the story before they read it in a textbook, it was handed down orally from generations. And so to be able to see it on the big screen, it's impactful. And I think that while the film doesn't meet its ex- its own expectations, I still think that it's it's a valid experience. Here's what I say to that, right? Now more than ever, everyone's living this uh, bubble of themselves. And I think movies like this are important. Because they do challenge you, and the number one thing, like, just learn other people's perspectives. Yes. And and, and start to, you know, because no one wants to have these conversations. Everyone's afraid that they're going to say the wrong thing or whatever. But if you start to understand other people's perspectives, then even if the conversation doesn't go the, the greatest of ways, at least you can have it. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and that's that's what I appreciate about movies like this, and uh, I, I want more movies, you know. Uh, and by the way, not just necessarily slave movies, but just... You know, for whatever, you know, I, I want yes. black movies, Chinese movies, whatever. Yes. Um, have at it. Masters yeah. of None. Give me more of everything like that. Like, there's so many stories in that show where I was just like, I had no idea. Eye opening and so well done and funny. Like, yes, more of that. Make your stories, kids. You've got you iPhones. Go. Absolutely. So, <laughs> uh, so there you go, you know, and, and you know what? I don't mind bringing kids to these types of movies, even though it is an R rated movie. There's really I, I need mean, some shock in their system. If if violence is the reason you don't take your kids to movies, maybe skip this one. But if it's the sex thing, you're totally clear. Uh, there's nothing uh, very graphic on sexually graphic on screen, yeah. um, and you know the violence, it, not terrible. Yeah, I and mean, compared to most things, this is you know this almost feels like a PG wall. If you did go to Transformers, take me see this. Uh, Zach's telling us definitely go see the Great Wall with Matt Don't Damon. See I'm the kidding. Great Wall. I'm kidding. That is uh, the fact. <laughs> that'll be an interesting movie. Yeah, we're gonna mm. we're gonna talk about that one. Yeah. Um, in the meantime, thank you guys for joining us. As always, there's a whole library of um, past shows that we've done that you can check out. Uh, for example, we've done Twelve Years a Slave. Uh, I think oh, Straight Outta Compton was one movie that I liked uh, last year a lot. You guys did Selma, right? Yes, we did. Yeah, check that one out. It's a good one. Yes. Uh, we've done a lot of great movies, so um, definitely check it out. And, um, you know, keep checking back in. You know, you don't have to see every anatomy. Just just the ones, the movies that you've liked and you've seen. You know, definitely check back into that. Speaking of which, I think we've got Inferno coming out, uh, The Accountant, uh, then uh, Doctor Strange. I know Zach in the booth is very excited about yeah, that one. Yeah, um, So definitely a lot, a lot going on. Arrival coming out next month. Oh, yeah, yeah, Arrival, which looks creepy scary. I couldn't get into TIFF. It was that popular. Yeah. Um, so, we, you know, and hopefully join us on uh, some more. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, definitely check out BlackHollywoodLive.com. Uh, they're, they're an amazing 
sister network to Popcorn Talk, and we love working with them. Um, you know, they do their thing, we do ours, and together we uh, we unite. Um, Zach Wilson does a show called Sci-Fi Weekly. Definitely check that out, um, as well as Marvel Movie News, just here on the network. And uh, we'll see you guys. Oh, where can people follow you? Oh, yeah. Uh, you guys can find me all on the internet, at Joel Monique, and every week at blackgirlnerds.com. If you, for some reason, decide to read this review instead of just watch this one, you can go to nerdsofcolor.org to read my review of Birth of a Nation. There you go. And follow us here at the Popcorn Talk. We'll see you guys next time on another Anatomy of a Movie. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the rest of the Anatomy of a Movie staff, we would like to thank you for listening and subscribing to the show. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to email or tweet us. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been Anatomy of a Movie. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.